0: You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And today, the day we are recording this episode is September 10th, 2019. And that, if you don't know, is World Suicide Prevention Day. Now, I'm not sure how people around the world celebrate World Suicide Prevention Day, but uh, I do a Real Men Feel show, right? Because that's the best way to roll. And a way that I love to celebrate on Real Men Feel is by having one of my favorite guests return. And that's what we're doing today. Uh, So... Coming back to us is Henry Johnston. He's a coach, mentor, speaker, artist, and podcaster. So, welcome back to the show, Henry.
1: Thank you very much, brother. It's an absolute pleasure to be back in the uh, the podcast hug space that is Real Men Feel. <laughs> I like
0: that. I like that. It is a virtual <laughs> hug, yeah, and it's it's a real hug for us being on it, and hopefully, it's a virtual hug for anyone that listens.
1: Oh, absolutely. We we get to foster our growing bromance. You know, it's very yep. real. Cool. So. As I mentioned, today
0: is World Suicide Prevention Day, so so what are you doing to, to celebrate or to honor this day?
1: So I am increasing awareness and pushing for us to have some very real dialogue around us. I think the mental health awareness has reached an impasse where yes, the awareness is everywhere, and yes, it's fantastic, but we need to start having discussions and dialogues about how we move forward into that, like how we actually approach it boots on ground so that we know what to say when someone comes out about mental health. The people who are experiencing difficulties know how to respond, what's out there and what is at the crux of supporting people with mental health so that we don't try and fix them, but we try and support them and it just happens in tandem with each other. So I'm releasing a podcast show a day to raise awareness for it and to have those kind of and you're going to be on uh, later on in maybe tomorrow, I think. Yeah, we're talking tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we're, we're going to be having conversations. And it's very much about two men having a conversation so that when people listen, they're not tuning into the normal kind of guest to fro. They're talking into two guys having a conversation. So, they'll feel like they're in the same room as us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, reflecting on this day in, this, in the United States, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the awareness and prevention, it all kind of gets crossed. But anyway, um, I don't really want to make you more aware of suicide. We want to make you aware of preventing suicide.
1: Right? Exactly. And like how we can approach that in a really educated, progressive way. Right. And
0: I find the best thing that I can do as as one individual, as one man, is by sharing my experience. Yep. Because there was a common myth when I was growing up that talking about suicide, even you know, saying the S word would trigger people into taking action. And yeah. that that's just total bullshit.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. But
0: so yeah. if you're not sure how you can prevent suicide, I would offer to you that talking about it
1: is one way you can. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And being curious around people, I would I would encourage when someone speaks out about it not to immediately jump to you're so courageous well done for standing up against stigma like you don't need to say that they don't place the law on a pedestal just get curious and ask like how can i help i've got a brother they're experiencing like what do i have to look out for Mm -hmm. how can i help everybody that i meet you know this these are the kind of questions that we need to ask because you know otherwise we, we fall into a courage porn world where everything becomes about courage and it devalues and just stops the conversation. It's a bit like going up to someone and say, um, <clears throat> I feel really, really angry at the moment. And they kind of touch your head and go, oh, that's very brave of you to tell me that. It's like, whoa, no, no, dude, Like, I want to have a conversation about this. I want to communicate. So let's do that.
0: Yeah. Often people will ask me, well, what can I do? If, you know, often you don't need to do anything. Yep. You don't need – it's not, wow, I'm feeling really suicidal and down today. I don't know what's going on. It's not an invitation to, to please come fix me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like to, to – for, for you as a concerned party to be courageous enough to just stand there, yeah. right? to hold the space, to listen, to hold someone's eye, to touch them on the shoulder, not need to do anything else, yeah. and just let someone admit how horrible they might be feeling in that moment.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it, Andy. You hold the space, you allow them to speak if they want to. And if they don't want to speak, that's fine. The most important thing in that situation is that they've reached out and you are part of their support network. Like, don't pressure them into telling you exactly what's going on, but just be the person who you're actually right. Put a hand on their shoulder, say, hey, you know, I'm here whenever you're ready. If you ever want to, I'm here. Great.
0: Thank so, <laughs> but before we started the the proper show recording here you would had, you would had mention that you're looking forward to not having to talk about suicide and i said oh i'm not going to let you get away with that but uh so we will move on but before we do you know where where can people find these episodes is is it part of your normal podcast is this a special event or how you how are you calling yeah, it so
1: It's all going out through a podcast, which is the Inner Warrior Reframing Masculinity Podcast. You find it on iTunes, find it on Podbean, find it on Spotify. You guys have uh, Google Play, which is amazing, but we don't have Google Play over here. So, um, uh, I've also just set up the Inner Warrior Reframing Masculinity Podcast Facebook page, so I'll be posting all the interview links, but then all the video content, and I will just be filling it with ways to go about it, resources to use, numbers to call. You know, if you don't listen to the podcast, but you're interested in it, then you will at least be able to find a way to access the help that's needed. And my website, which is www.henryjohnston.org. Excellent. And let's spell your last name. Okay. J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E. Right, because
0: that last E will be dropped by every American trying to Johnston.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, so John Stone. Yeah. My Scottish clan name, so there you go. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: And uh, yeah, I actually got the request to, to like um, The Inner Warrior on Facebook this morning. Yes. And I was like, how the hell did I miss this? And I'm like, oh good, you just made it, so good. I'm, I'm not behind. You <laughs> literally just made it, so. Excellent, excellent. So I do encourage everyone to check out uh, your show, connect with you on, on Facebook. Um, listen to this week's, you know, suicide chats and go into the back catalogue and because you have a lot of uh you've turned me on to a lot of wonderful guests that that you've been on your show and then they
1: then I find them and 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 vice versa, I believe. But it's the beauty of community. And I just wanted to add like the the chats around suicide that they're not the kind of the heavy talking. You know, yes we do get serious, but there's a fair amount of laughing and you know it's it's about community and friendship and sharing that space with you. Yeah, we talk about things that need to be spoken about, but we're not po-faced about it all. Beautiful.
0: So, changing topics and why I wanted you to come back. Um, it just happened to land today. Um, you recently held a rather unique workshop, and I believe it was your first kind of workshop and retreat event. Is, is that correct?
1: That is absolutely correct, Andy. All right. So, what
0: was that called?
1: It was called Henry Johnson. It's a very unimaginative name. <laughs> Henry Johnson Coaching, Metal Work Retreat. So by metal work,
0: do you mean you all put on mullet wigs and you crank up the Metallica or something else? Uh,
1: No, I mean by by metal work, it's uh, metal work art. So we're talking steel, welding, plasma cutting, angle grinding, working with steel to create something of meaning to whoever, you know, whatever type of meaning you may be attracted to in that space or just to have a whole lot of fun and make whatever you want that's what it was about cool so are are you some sort of metal worker and welder by trade no i am so it's always been kind of a side hobby so i'm self-taught uh i got really into it always loved steel always collecting steel always been fascinated by rust and big blocks of sheet never really knew why did a really short course on welding and that was it i was off once i knew how to join steel to steel i found something which had been missing from my entire life and that's why i offered to people on the retreat it's like you may not think you're creative but you may not even think creativity will help you but let me tell you you are creative and you are able to turn this into something and also like there aren't many people that you'll meet who will say that they know how to weld
0: you mentioned the first time you, you joined Steel to Steel, you discovered something was
1: missing. So what, what was missing? What, what got triggered by that? I was good at something. That's what it was. I learned a skill that not many people had that I was good at. And I taught myself to do it. That's what marked out. I'd spent my entire life being told that I was a failure, that I was destined for prison, that I had debilitating mental health issues. I could never live a more normal life. I'd never be off medication. All these things, all these labels just stacked onto me, which, you know, I understood as like, my life's just a bit rubbish and I'm always going to fail. But when I joined Steel together, that was literal evidence that I had something that was different and I enjoyed it, and I was good at it, and it was exciting. You know, it's that thing of, it's, it's something that my clients experience when they come to the workshop is like, oh, my God, this is so fucking, sorry, I can't swear. This is <laughs> you, so,
0: You're encouraged to swear here, my friend.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> this is so fucking cool. That's what it is, it's different, it's exciting, and it opens up this whole nother world of experience. And that really is like the nub of it. I was missing something that was exciting, unique, that I was good at, that I enjoyed, that set me apart from other people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say that unashamedly, like I, I knew that I was kind of different, but I had nothing to, to represent that to me. So it really helped me on the journey to say, well, I'm a metal worker, I'm a metal worker. I know how to wield the power of the sun to melt steel you know that is fucking cool and that's what my clients get they're like so like i i spoke through him i said you know like this is the plasma tool they're like okay so this is the most dangerous tool you will ever use in your entire life okay if you miss something if you tend to hit your hand the plasma torch will just find its nearest way to the, to the earth, collapse. it will just cut your hand off, like plain and simple. It's a scary thing to tell people, but when people, like I was, have a little bit low self-esteem, a little bit low kind of responsibility, you feel a bit lost, when they're given a power torch, like a plasma torch like that, they have to step into like a heightened sense of responsibility. And it's easy to use, it's one of the simplest tools to use in the workshop, and it is actually quite safe but it has that element of if you get cocky or if you be irresponsible, if you act like a bit of a dick, it's going to fuck you up. And that's like that's the as, as, as I take people through like the, the tools, like that's what they're working with. It's like heightened responsibility with something that is ultra fucking cool to do. That is that.
0: So, did someone introduce you to this at first? Did you just like stumble into it and d- discover it? Like, how did, how did it come about in your life?
1: So, I, yeah, as I always was fascin- fascinated by, by steel, I did this really short course on how to weld. So, once I knew how to weld, I was like, this is welding. Like, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I am not technical. Okay. You go on a welder the way it sounds, and what it does, you pull a trigger, it shoots some gas out, which protects this little steel thing. This is MIG welding, by the way. And it, it strikes an electrical arc, it melts the steel, this little this little wire comes out the end of the holding torch, it, it melts into steel and then it melts all the steel around it. So you're weaving, you're melting steel into steel to create a bond. That's what it is. As soon as I learned how to do that, I was like, wow, this is really fucking cool. What the hell can I join together? So I did. I just joined loads and loads of crazy shit together and discovered that I really liked it. And that there was no... Set out destination. You know, I could make whatever I wanted, and it was okay because it was really fucking cool to do. Hmm. And then I went to I went to art university and I went to art, got classically trained in university, and it was a big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, they tried to fit me into a box. They tried to fit me into a. You know, I think there's a lot of stuff, great stuff to do with contemporary art, but I also think it's been weighed down by hyperbole. I think you could put a lemon on a box and present it as some kind of art that's, you know, if someone wants to do that. It's not my bag. I believe in creating tangible works that create, that, that mean you have to get your hands dirty. You know, there's an element of danger there, there's a bit of a risk, you know, it's exciting. That's what I went to and I got totally shut down. So I'll just share this with the audience. There's a massive two fingers up because I think metal workers really access that kind of rebellion and I don't know why. But um, I made a, uh, I got an old Land Rover chassis. I welded on this, this kind of theme park ride onto it. You had a computer screen and it went inside Kim Kardashian's ass and went into colonoscopy footage. That was my two I was like, "Fuck you, just just fuck you, do not tell me what box to fit in. Go inside her eyes, have a look at some poo. there we go, thank you. And I got a two one, so it kind of been all like all that bad so,
0: so that didn't end up in the uh, the Tate Museum
1: then in, in London no. do you know what my my tutor said this belongs in the Saatchi gallery and I was like okay well that's that's great. I was actually having a really depressed day that day when I graduated. I was just like not in a great place, hmm. and uh, I was like, Ah. Oh. And then I didn't do it. And I just went up to Norfolk, North Norfolk, where my workshop is. And I just started making I just went and I just started making and making. And I haven't really stopped. Hmm. W- were you creative and artistic
0: before finding your love of steel? Yeah, I, well, I was imaginative.
1: Okay. You know, I had imaginative. Very creative. Like, I can't draw, Andy.
0: That That's what we're I, getting at. Were you, were you painting and drawing or anything else? It was outside you of your thoughts,
1: I was covering potato in paint and daubing them on pictures. And the thing about like creative people, and it sort of feeds quite a lot into into dyslexia. And that's why dyslexic people are so, so great at being creative is that we, we don't have the filters of what's normal, so we do what feels right. Mm-hmm. And, and then with that, you get a kind of low perception of danger, not a lot of common sense, which is just this wonderful fountain of stupid fucking crazy shit that comes out and people see you like, why did you do that? And I'm, But the dyslexia will think, well, why not? It's just like the, the most yeah. natural thing for me to do. I'm going to pull over this wall and then make a poo party and say, so leave me alone, which is something I did. Uh, if you anyone wants to know what a poo party is, then please reach out to me privately. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's all coming out now isn't it yeah,
0: yeah. so so the 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 steel work the, the welding the thrill the creative process uh woke you up mm. how did you decide or discover that this would help other men as well
1: well i kind of sat on it for a while because i'm really lucky to be uh my parents are both still alive um I've been through a huge journey with them through addiction and homelessness and like, just listen to my other show and you'll know. So I have a really good relationship with them and they let me have this 1,400-year-old barn where I have my workshop and it's in this wonderful countryside, river runs through this converted mill, deer, otters, kingfish, all this stuff. So I go there to relax, to chill with my own symptoms of mental health and I'm aware that it is something... And it all came about from my mental health struggles. And here's the thing. like When I'm depressed, it is a formless, shapeless void where thoughts don't come into meaning. They don't create anything. There's nothing tangible for me because it's an absence, right? And I have to force myself to get into the workshop. It is the most counterintuitive thing. I do not want to do it. Fuck off, workshop. But when I go in, I'm just like, right, I'm going to spend one minute here. But what it does, because creativity is intuitive and everyone is creative. I won't listen to anyone who says they're not, is that it goes inside and it takes this depression and it channels it because you are, when you are working, you are being creative, you are checked into your body and you're intuitively creating something which literally means that your depression is coming out of you into a form. It is externalized, you have control over it and it will lift anxiety, depression, psychosis all of this stuff ocd adhd i have experienced a release of symptoms across the whole board through creativity so i thought well and, I, and i'm not a selfish man i any experience that i have i want to share with people in community like it comes down to my coaching and my speaking and everything that i do so it just per i just this idea percolated of like i always have a dog there as well so god you know people love dogs fuck me come and hug my dog and it just started this thought of like, okay, so how do I offer this to everyone? And I sat on it and I thought about it. It took me about five years to, to take action on it. And then one day I thought, I've got clients. They've shown an interest. I really want to share with this with them. I know that it's exciting. I know that it's new. I know that it's slightly dangerous and you have to take responsibility. All of these things feed into a, a positive masculine identity. So I'm just, I'm just going to put it on. So I took six of my clients down there for three days to give it a test run and it was absolutely amazing
0: so so what specifically did you do you can't just like here's a torch everybody go at it
1: you must do (laughs) it hey guys see you later so The, the first thing that I did was that I told them about the creative process. You know, If you're doubting that you're creative, don't listen to that voice, it's the imposter syndrome, it's literally bullshit, it's gonna limit you. I'm gonna take you through each and every tool in the process that you're gonna use them. So I asked them to create, first off, a silhouette just a very simple silhouette. They draw the silhouette out on the steel, they plasma cut it, they take it to the bench, they angle grind it, which is where they smooth it down and then they weld something onto it. So I took them through each of them, I explained and I purposefully explained the danger <laughs> of each of the one because that's what makes it exciting. You know, that's the risk, that's the responsibility. This is the elevated, you know, experience. So the first, the first day, and it was about building community as well. You know, just guys, never met each other before, hand-holding that space of communication. I cooked for them as well. I cooked every meal for them. Um, encouraged speaking, chill out. I've got a couple of guns there, a couple of air rifles. I don't know what it is about guys, but when they're taking a break and they shoot things, it's just, just love it. It's just real bonding experience. So there was options just to chill out, take time out. But then, So the first day was chilling out, community, sharing if you want to, being men. I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to take you through the process. Then I'm going to grant you the autonomy to look after yourself and do it. Like I was around, mm. but I wasn't like, I don't know if you're the same. When someone's looking over your shoulder and checking you, like that just drives me mad and just, oh, it restricts all the feel good stuff. So I didn't do that. I said, I'm going to be around. Just I walked around, you know, I fussed my dog, I went in. Do you need any help? And actually, what's great is using the art therapist within me is I can see where they are at with the, you know, a guy was making a dragon. Now, this guy's really introverted, you know, doesn't speak a lot, kind of a bit unsure, massive ADHD problems, but he made a dragon. And he took extra care over, like, there's just kind of, like, dragons have, like, a mane, right? And it's really tricky to angle grind manes because they're small and they reverberate, but he took extra care over making them perfect. So then I was able to talk to her about that. What led you to make this? I noticed that you did the the main really intricately. So I inquire into their experience and get them to view what they did subjectively, which just adds to the experience. Because to them, they're just making something that looks cool, doing things that feel cool. And oh my God, it's so cool. I come in and I just inform them a little bit more to why. Because no one makes things by accident, once we have that, once we tune into the ebb and flow, we're already on the journey to make something that is very, very specific to where we are. And that, and it was just so nice to see people enjoying this world that I created for myself from, as you know, from our episode, from the utter shit tip of my life to then share it with these guys who hadn't done it before so that they could just discover something about themselves born out of, what is like quite a, a masculine process of the danger, of the risk of steel. know, Steel is the most unyielding material on the planet. But yet, with the right skills, you can make it yield to you. Hmm. I'm and, going off on one, on, I? I'm just like speaking like...
0: <laughs> that, that's why you're here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Very passionate about this. Yeah, yeah I didn't, didn't invite you on to be silent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so... So, did, did did everyone stay there? Was this truly around the clock or did they go yeah. home at night or no?
1: I think um, in, in the future, as it grows, I'll get people to stay somewhere, you know, outside of the mill and run within the mill. There'll be myself, a couple of other facilitators, a cook. This time around, they all stayed in. The the, the drawback of where, where I do it is that there's lots of double beds and I really didn't feel comfortable saying, hey, guys, first time you met each other, so you're sharing beds. Yeah you later um so they all stayed with me and i didn't put like a time like you have to get up at eight o'clock for morning prayers and naked wrestling okay it was just you know this is your time you've paid for this make use of it what you will and some of the guys they just well one of the guys has thyroid problems so he gets really really tired really really easily and it made sense for him just to chill the fuck out you know just to enjoy the space. Other guys slept in, other guys didn't. So it was all very it's like something that I've learned from other people who run retreats is allow your clients the autonomy to do what they want to do. Like setting up an itinerary is great as a contingency plan. But really, like they're there to explore themselves and to enjoy themselves. So it was all in-house. Uh cooking for them, something that I did that I really liked was one of the guys is a chef, and he's quite kind of shy. So I said, Hey, you know you're going to cook for us and you're going to show us all how to cook. A lot of these guys, they don't have basic cooking experience. So it was this really great kind of community feel to sit it was like a cooking show. There's one guy on the Island going, this is how you cut carrots. <laughs> we we're like, okay, we're going to give go. My carrots are a bit of shit. Uh, oh dear. But you know, it all goes into a big pot at the end. And then in the evening, if they wanted, I've got my Xbox up there. If they wanted to go play a game, they could, if they wanted to watch a movie, they could, like, it was it was open because that's who I am. I am open and I don't try and control anyone. And it just feeds into the ethos again of, of creativity and just allowing things to be and following where they go. Awesome. And
0: how did it go? What, what sort of results did, did guys, you know, check in with
1: by the end of that weekend? L- a lower amount of social anxiety, that was a big one, which is pretty impressive considering these guys, you know, they come from cities they feel isolated like everyone's in in cliques they don't communicate a lot they feel overwhelmed in social situations but then they're presented with five other men the only common denominator is me as their coach they don't know anyone you know they it's they could very easily feel overwhelmed but they didn't they embraced it and they were able to practice communication and it's interesting i could see some of the techniques that i've taught them like there's this wonderful method because when people go into social situations, uh, it's very easy to feel super, super overwhelmed. The, the mind rushes. So I teach the beat method, which is just wait two beats. like One, two, before you respond. And I was seeing them doing that. And I was like, oh, I have to fight myself. and going, ah, I see what you're doing, the beat method. Nice. <laughs> you know? Um, so lower, lower self-anxiety. Learning to enjoy a creative process. That was another thing. Feeling empowered feeling a greater sense of responsibility and this overarching sense that when they go back to their normal lives, they've got a new perspective. Mm. You know, it's like, I, I just feel a little bit different. And it's also this case of, well, I've got my driving test coming up, but I did your workshop, didn't I? It's like, yeah, you certainly did. You did the shit out of the workshop. And I have a very personal connection with my clients. You know, I am, I am me as you see me, me now. I am that person with my clients. I am that person with my family. You know, it's all the same, and I think that's really important in in building and fostering close relationships. Yeah, and they and they go back and they're like, "Well, I can do that. I can wield the power of the sun." Like, you so most certainly fucking can, and you did it really, really well. And they just yeah, and it's this skill that, in some ways, I guess they 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 always have, but they never had to use.
0: I, and i to, if, it sounds like a very alchemical process the way you you're pulling in the sun and, and transforming steel, but you have said this creation creative process is transforming your own um in the the depression the mood the the shit you feel is coming out while you while you transform these elements
1: yeah it is and it's you know what i I can only describe it from my own experience, but I think there's a lot more to be said because it is we i I do run a forge. The forge was out of action, which is the forge is when you have billows going through hot coals and you, you heat up steel and you create kind of swords and axes and stuff like that. Or pokers, as I make a lot of pokers and key rings. Uh, the forge was out of action, but so the forge being a more traditional way of metalworking, as in that feeds back to, uh, you know, hundreds, perhaps a thousand years ago, when men were using exactly the same techniques by and large to create weapons shoe horses, all this stuff. So it speaks to our masculine ancestry. Now, the technology involved in what I do is part of that. So I believe that it does reach back to that. It stirs us on some level because it, it's, it has, oh, what is it? It has depth, it has meaning. It's something traditional that men who worked in what we may perceive a more simpler time did so. There's a simplicity to that, and it just feeds into this this wonderful, strong, responsible, honourable, masculine identity, which at its core is very simple, and it doesn't need to be over overlooked. But what the guys are doing is that they're, they're doing hard work. It's hands on. They're getting. It's weird. Like I was the only one with like metal work all over my face, so I don't know what that says about my working ethic, but. Um, but they 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 get dirty hands. They get little cuts. They get bruised. You know, it's it's not it's not violent, but you know, you get burnt. You get the chips and the and, and the whatever from from working with the material. And I think that as well. It sort of gives them this resilience, and it really does speak to this healthy masculine identity of stepping into a situation, taking responsibility for yourself, taking assured action. Because it's something I said to them, like the angle grinder is. Most versatile tool anyone ever, ever have. You may well have seen one. You hold it. People can't see what I'm saying. It's a spinning abrasive disc, which abrasively cuts through steel. And I said to them, you know, treat this with respect, because if you push it, it will jump. And then you'll lose your confidence. You'll lose your rapport with it. And the next time you go back to it, it won't be as effective. So they have to learn this respect for what they're doing. And again, it feeds into this really healthy when I mean as I'm talking about it, are you feeling it? That kind of that that presence of a man who is in control and assured in his presence because what he's doing requires those skills. And it's what men have been doing for centuries, working with steel with fire to create something.
0: Yeah, it 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 sounds and feels very primal, which is why
1: it- Yeah, that's it. It is. It, it's putting
0: it away the bullshit and the lessons the labels of today and it, it you know like it, this this weekend is kind of like for a man going back and feeling coming out of the stone age and moving into the iron age and just
1: yeah exactly it is so simple but it speaks to us as men you know i do work primarily with young men and it's you know and, and when we enter slightly into you know in in the feminist circles it's about progressing the 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 feminine but when you speak to men it's about preserving masculinity i don't hear a lot of people saying that it's about progressing it i do think that's uh, a conversation to be had but by and large it's about preserving that primal part of ourselves which we feel is useless in the authentic. Orth- the, the autonomous world that we live in, you know, we feel as if this primal part of us is slightly aggressive, you know, and I talk about aggression really because metal work, I mean, my God, it's fucking aggressive work. You're cutting through steel for Christ's sake. There are sparks, there are flames, there is noise. It's not a, it's not a quiet process. So there is that kind of aggression, but it's, it, it's controllable. It's tempered. It, it means something. It turns into something. You know, and it, it preserves that center of masculinity, which I think a lot of men yearn to connect to, but just don't know how to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we, uh, uh, again, I, I want to speak for myself. I certainly times have had a very off-centered sense of what masculinity is and yeah. think this, this, again, this primal process, this creative process, which, you know, creativity does not get a lot of mention as part of being masculine, but it is. Yeah. Right? And it just grounds you in these these primal substances and activities, and you know wakes up the primeval warrior within, and 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 in a safe, supported place to explore that in a a time and age when most people aren't.
1: Yeah, like, and I know that you come from a very spiritual background, and you're you know a very developed man in that respect. So, if how do you understand the importance of accessing that primal part of ourselves from like a, a spiritual Oh, again,
0: tremendously. Like it's it's detrimental to us to not be in tune with any aspect of us. And again, this is some of the oldest. Is this an ancient aspect of you that you're awakening up and combining it? What I love is that you're combining it with this. How you said the hyper responsibility. Yeah. Because I think a lot of not not just men, a lot of humans fear responsibility. Yeah. But you combine this hyper responsibility because it's dangerous and there's adventure and there's risk. And this creation, like
1: I want to come <laughs> <laughs> you're more than welcome to it's uh it's yeah and it's just really exciting and these guys they they never knew that they could act, and a lot of what I do with my clients is helping them to discover their masculinity, recognize it, and develop their identity so you know. Aggression is is a great one. We're, We're told to suppress regression and it's not healthy and it's not good, but men are naturally aggressive. You know, it's just in our DNA. It's how like aggression, uneducated, Unlearned, untouched can turn into violence and rage. You know, that's the opposite. But aggression is kind of this, it's purposeful, it's determination, it's resilience. It takes resilience to be in a metal workshop, be sprayed by sparks, and carry on going. A lot of people go, hey man, you're covered in sparks. Why don't you step away? It's like no, I'm doing this. And everybody does that. This is not an exception. Everybody steps into the fire and they just become centered they are in it. They are in the, the presence and the fire and the heat and the flames and all that. And you know, and, and they get hit by a bit of molten steel and they're like, oh, what's that? You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, fucking hell. Like you're a badass, yeah. I mean? like, yeah. Yeah, so something
0: on, you know, Friday afternoon, it might've been like, oh no. And now was like, yeah, bring it on. And I'm
1: not yeah, then, enough. And <laughs> that bid wasn't big enough, Henry. Yeah. Like <laughs> fucking
0: fair play. Awesome so so uh, i can already sense the answer
1: but do you plan more of these yeah so the next so what i'm doing which is a little bit different is the guys that have come on i'm offering them a chance to come back and take on the role as mentor mm-hmm. so it it adds to their experience yeah they've learned how to do it in the workshop they've experienced like less and so a lesser amount of social anxiety they've experienced uh lessening of depressive symptoms, you know their ADHD has calmed down, their OCD. Their sense of self is more centered. They're, they're operating on a highly responsible, intuitive level. They've got a load of self-governance. That's great. But what's even better is that they come back and they help other people through that. That's the community. That's the sustainable action. Because you know, one-off events are great, but what I what irks me is the lack of sustainable implementation afterwards. Mm-hmm. This is me buying into that. It's like come back, show these guys who you are, engage. You know, beyond sort of my level of like if you were. So yeah, and every single one I've said to them, they're like yeah. And the, and the guy who's a chef, said, you know, would you come back and be our chef? He was like yeah. Of course. That's amazing. Great. So I've got a chef, I've got two mentors. You know, I want to get, I'm talking to my I've got two friends, one of them who builds Land Rover's amazing well, oldest friend, magnificent beard. Uh, very creative. In fact, he's the guy who I get into the workshop. Like I made this, my favorite piece of work was a a kind of a hovering steel cube that kind of spun and it was amazing. But it got vandalized very sadly. But this guy, I got him in and I said, Jim. I can make, but I'm not great with straight lines. Can you help me make straight lines? He was like, yeah, of course. So it was that collaborative thing Like I brought in my my raw creativity and whatever, and he helped me build the straight lines and, and the structural elements of it. So I wanna get him on, not only so that he can instruct people how to make things structurally sound, but teach people how they can work with cars as well. There's another guy who, he's called Andy Elwood, and I'm actually interviewing him tomorrow, he does mental health work using Land Rovers as a center point. So it's, again, it's like this traditionally manly skill, you know, that they can engage with and take part in and it's hands on and they get oily hands and they can learn something. And if it fits, then absolutely they can go with it. I've just started training in Krav Maga um, and I've got a really good friend of mine, Ollie Cowlishaw, who's a white Thai fighter but also incredibly spiritual. So we wanna run self-defense classes so that these boys know the principles of self-defense, that it's all about negotiating yourself out of there first and foremost. But if it comes to it, you will know how to protect yourself. Again, it's, it's accessing that really healthy protector, you know, the, the want to be able to stand stalwart in the face of adversity and protect yourself or others. Um, i want to row and, uh, blah, blah. i want to do sailing because there's sea nearby so i want to take people out sailing i love sailing and sailing can be really fucking intense but again if you're in a boat with someone that you don't know and you have to sail somewhere you're going to learn how to work together and you're going to have a lot of fun as well and there's just all these really exciting i want to get a shaman in so we can do some shamanic work i've got all my singing bowls here i'm just gonna just gonna do something with uh, my amazing singing bowls do uh singing bowl, meditation, baths, and all kinds of stuff. like, i got this from Nepal, but listen to this. Like, how amazing is that? Oh. oh. Brings you back to the Himalayas. Um, yes, and uh, yes, as I said, includes spiritual aspects. You know, build it into something that can grow, you know, and invites community on the, on the basis that whoever goes through it can come back again. So that the uh, the the learner becomes the teacher, and again, like that's if we if we're looking at sort of men in a totemic way or a, a mythopoetic way, it's it's making that transition from like the prince to the king to the healer. You know, I'm not entirely fully on with all the totemic ones. I always forget, but the trans the, the transition from boy to prince, from prince to king, it follows that, and that's something that men. We just love it. You know, we absolutely love anything to do with the king or transitioning, and do you know what? It's taking responsibility again. and something else that works. Now, I don't know how this fits in. This is part of like the mystical process of creativity. But men, I find, respond so well to sacrifice. If they have to make a sacrifice, they are more than likely to take it on board. There is something about, it's this honor of letting go something for the greater good. Now, I know that it incorporates itself into the metalwork, and I don't know what it is that they're sacrificing, but it's there because it has such a raw emotional power, and it may well be that they're sacrificing the, uh, the, the want to run away. You know, they want to run away into safety of, of old behavior. Maybe they're sacrificing that, and that's why it has so much power. But it's very much, you know, sacrifice, responsibility, and fun, and adventure, a boy's adventure, all of this wrapped up, and it just works. So in
0: your grandest vision, like, you know, two to three years from now, what is there a workshop every weekend? Is it a quarterly thing? Is it... Uh, you know, six weeks long. You know,
1: what what what's transition j- is yeah. the week long workshops. We have about fifteen people, and I want to keep it small enough. But we have we have the Land Rover guy, we have shaman, we have sound boss. we have chef, we have self defense. So we've got four or five things going on. So these fifteen people they rotate through. So maybe we move it to thirty people, but each day everyone's going through a certain aspect of it. At the end of each day, we have a big fuck off fire. Where we sit down and we share and then we train people to run these events elsewhere so they all center around and i I would make sure that if there's a coach running it then they are trained properly because you're dealing with people's spaces their vulnerabilities you've got to do this appropriately you have to have a high level of emotional awareness so I i set up a training program so i could train these people i could give them the seal of approval to know that they can go they can run Run these communities all over England, and it would be a community of guys brought together through this primal love of doing something exciting that's slightly dangerous but is filled with respect, so that men have a place to go where they can absolutely be men. Mm. Man, that's that's a beautiful and missing component. I'd love it, I would just that would give my life. I'd be so, you know, I think a lot of coaches come into this business with a scarcity mindset. And I've certainly experienced myself where we're kind of told, all you need is clients. And you're like, but where are the clients? Like, And there's this you know, there's this kind of thing of like, when, when a client comes along, I must hold on to them. You know, I can't allow any other coach the opportunity to have what I have. So I'm going to hold on. But what this does is it just it constricts community. And that's what we need. Like, not just as men. But as human beings, and it's been—it's been in my own journey myself, and I've seen how me holding on to gifts that I've had has had a detrimental effect on how I connect with people, and how I'm able to connect with people and the kind of offering. So i i I made a choice. it was like, whatever I partake in now, I want to make sure that my circle benefit and they get it, because then we will grow from each other, and then we will be able to create a community. We actually mean something, and it's not just you know, of course. I need to earn some money or I'd like to earn some money because money's an enabler. The more money I get, the, I, do you know what? I would love to open up a sanctuary for old dogs that no one loves anymore. Me and my partner have always had that dream where we could just take in the old dogs. No one loves. They're pissing themselves constantly. We could hire some people who are just going to love them and let them see their last days out. You know, if someone was to pay me 10,000 pounds every month to run these, some of that would go into that dream. You know, I don't want to sit on a pile of money and think, oh, great. You know, I want my, my life will not have meaning unless I've involved other people within it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what when, when I'm in my darkest moments and I'm facing mortality and the terror of death consumes me. The one thing that brings me out is that the possibility that I will be able to help someone that I love. And, I, and you know, I've told you that I love you. Jesus, you know, I tell everyone that I love them, if they mean something to me, then I want them to be part of this journey, and I welcome them in with open arms because that's what it's all about, yeah,
0: yeah, um, and it really is. and you know, I was in a very dark place just just three months ago, you know? yeah. um, and service brought me out of it, yeah, and not at time, like there's time you know, tell me if this feels true for you, like everything sucks, fuck you, I'm, re- I'm rejecting all your help. Yeah, I know helping you will help me, but fuck you, I'm not ready to do that. But then when I am, like, hey, how can I help you? And wow, I feel better, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there's still a time, even knowing what's good for you, you just refuse to do it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's a, there's, I mean, we, in my experience with that, there's a fair bit of resentment that comes with that. You know, it's like, well, why now? I'm like, fuck off. I'm like, don't you understand? Don't try and fix me. You're going to try and fix me, even though they're not going to try and fix me. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I am cultivating a space in my head where they are rejecting me so that therefore I don't have to take action you know, to, to let them know how I feel. That's what I'm doing when I'm situating like, no one cares about me. Like, I'm, I'm happy being lonely, not But yeah, I'm just cultivating that area where I can say, well, fuck off, yeah. you know? But it's, it's kind of like, these kind of conversations around the reality of depression need to be hacked because people, well, I was, I was just recording a show before and it's like, you know, you may well get on the phone with someone and they've reached in to your space you don't have to talk to them. You can end the conversation, which I have done on many occasions because I just didn't want to talk to them. You know, I went on a massive rant there. Do you know when you go on a rant and you don't remember what you said or if it makes sense? <laughs> just trust. Okay, I trust. <laughs> yes, I can trust. Right? Just imagine it was steel, right? You just, wherever it takes you. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, steel, like, I love steel. It is. And it gains a personality. I wrote an essay way back in my uh, coaching training and it was about building rapport. It's like building rapport with steel. It's like building rapport with anybody else. You know, you've got to listen to it. You've got to be aware of how it reacts, how it sounds, how it feels, how it's reverberating through your body. It is a present moment awareness that the more you tune into the process, the more you can like some of the stuff I have created that have come from this really boring sheet steel just amazes me. I'm like how could I turn something like from that into something so fucking elegant and beautiful as that. That's the transformation and just by proxy we are taken along that transformation too. Cool and anyone watching this episode
0: on YouTube or on Facebook I'll be putting in some of the images um, that henry's yeah. created and in, in from the workshop and if you're just if you're listening to the podcast just visit realmanfield.org i will have all the the uh, lots of photos and and links to more photos if they exist i'm sure they do um in the uh the blog post about this episode but just so- amazing
1: well, um i don't actually have a website which i really should do but that doesn't matter because i create an event which is real and if you want to experience it you just come to the event and go Fuck me, This was good, I got burnt, I got cut, and you know what? It feels fantastic <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of people talk about the the shower
0: is their meditative, insightful place, and all the great ideas so is kind of the uh, the metal shop kind of your version of the, the shower where everything just kind of flows, yeah.
1: flows better for you yeah. you let like you let go like, something you always say to the guys is like let go of your need to control the outcome right and that's what they do when the mind is allowed to just. Free. like it's it's the flow right it's being in the flow which is the single most blissful experience there's something about norfolk that when you're in the flow of the creativity you've got the steel you've got the fire you've got a dog you've got a, a, a fresh flowing river running nearby you just tune into something that you simply cannot get in a city and then you're off and, you know, it's so interesting because the river runs through the house. Um, there's a lot of, I, you know, I'm sure you, you totally get There's a lot of activity, you know, a bit of the old uh, spiritual activity that goes on. My workshop is no exception. You know, there are times when I'm working and I just have to look up and go, Do you know what, you're right. This is your space now. I'm going to go to bed. It is nine o'clock in the evening, so I'm going to let you have your space. You know, it could well be a barn owl just flying around, but there is tangible sense of presence. there, and whoever sleeps on the top room, which is directly above the river, either just has the most insane dreams. Hmm. <laughs> they just go, I can't remember what I dreamt about, but my god, it was, it was amazing. It was like this trip, like. There's the transformation going on with steel, which is, which is unspoken that we don't have control over. And then there's the transformational journey that the water takes us through because the water is it's, it's the path of least resistance. It just takes us. It's taken us to a destination. We're not in control of it. The more we resist it, the less we get done. The yep. less we resist, the more we go. True. And
0: you know, I find the value and why why a sacrifice is part of so many ancient rituals and you're even seeing it it work in in modern rituals and processes it's it's your willingness to let go of something Ooh. right be it a habit or a thought or or a physical object you know you for anyone to to truly grow and transform you've got to be willing to give something up right Ooh. and so sometimes it's it's uh, symbolic and and other times it's it's truly you know, an, an identity, an, an aspect of yourself or, yeah. or a distorted aspect of yourself.
1: Yeah. And that can be something that can be brought to the retreat. If like I'm ready for this, you know, this personality trait is of no use to me anymore. And I would get the the client, the individual to state that, like state the intention at the beginning of the retreat of what you want to get out of it or something that you want to confront. Stating that intention will allow it to manifest. That's, you know, simple. Process of manifestation it's like and that kind of thing like it's just so powerful it's like i want to learn how to be less anxious okay you've taken responsibility for it there's a sacrifice there let's get you into the workshop so you can experience the creative flow and then you know and it's so because we talk about all these elements And they just come together like we don't actually have to do anything to make it happen. It just happens. And that's the gift of it. Like there's no program around it. There's no model to fit into. There's no specific technique to kickstart it. When you come, as soon as you come with that intention, it will happen and you don't have to do a fucking thing to try and make it happen. It just will, it will just be. So
0: if you don't have a website, how can people get in touch with you, Lorna, make sure they know about an upcoming workshop? What what's the way to what's the way to deal with you, Henry? <laughs>
1: <laughs> to deal with me. Well. Uh, so just head over to my website, www.henryjohnson.org. and it's got a metal work retreat section in there, oh, yeah. along with you know, loads of other stuff. And that's where I update pictures from my last retreat there'll be, it will be added to stuff that I've made. And then I'm aiming to run the next retreat in February. So I'm getting a, a, a new puppy in October. So I've got to look after puppy first. Okay, okay. get to have the priorities, cool. Yeah, absolutely. But it will be running in February. And you know, if you've listened to it, you're interested, you know, and I'm talking to, this, this is more direct to the parents if you have a son who you, you know is special and you know, he's got this ability to be responsible, but he just feels a bit lost, you know, maybe a bit aimless. He is great for the retreat. He is absolutely perfect. This will help him step into responsibility, know what it is to face adversity, remain stalwart in a very challenging situation. And he will learn more about the stuff which he never knew he had. Cool.
0: And you can also find your podcast, "The Inner Warrior," on all pa- podcast platforms.
1: Yeah, it's the Inner Warrior Reframing Masculinity podcast. That's yeah, it's across everything. It's just not on Google Play because Britain is very far behind. God damn! It. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Wait, get, um, get some Google execs at your workshop. Well, there we go. And there's a, and there's a Facebook page that I have just set up for the podcast. So I'll be posting all the interviews there in the video form. Shock of blocking it filled with resources for you guys to come. So, you know, I always appreciate likes. It's just started. Please just, just pop by. It's just there to be of service and value to you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll, uh,
0: we'll have links in in the show notes at realmanfield.org to everything that Henry's up to um, even the things he's creating this very day. (laughs) And uh, you know, I'm, I want to be conscious of time because I know you're kind of doing a marathon of shows and it it is, it is later
1: um, in the UK. Right now, you're, and you're, you're all right. My next priority is to cook my partner dinner. She's okay. just finished a 12 hour shift at a mental health ward. So, oh, gotta like, i gotta make her some yummy, tasty dindins. Good. And, and I'm okay. I'm okay for for the while. Yeah. All right, cool.
0: Um, but it, yeah, I, 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 I want to wrap this up, let you save your throat. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day.
0: Yeah. But uh thank you for coming back. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for everything you're doing today at thank future you. workshops. Um, you also you also oh, oh, I definitely want you to to talk about this because you've got a, a large and growing men's group on Facebook. Yes. Where you just um yeah. you're great at asking powerful questions and getting community to be active. So tell me about that.
1: So men helping men, the journey of self-growth. Is, I'm a co-founder of it. Um we are a group. We're over 1200 guys at the moment and i always say you know when i want to welcome people into the group we're we're not our roles in society we're not the jobs that we have we're not our lifestyle we are we always will be men helping men so all the guys there you know they show they, they, they show up as as men, ask for advice, share experiences. We have a lot of guys who, who are, you know, lurkers, for want of a better term, And that's cool, too. Like, you can come along and just see what's happening and step forward if you want to. Like, there's, there's no pressure to be a certain way. We accept you as you are and how you are, you know. We, we don't tell you who you should be. The The term of masculinity, we always discuss. But there's no right or wrong way to go about it. We're inclusive, not exclusive. And you're our brother. And we would welcome you in as brother, we will walk alongside you, you know, and I go in like, I'm, I'm an admin though, co-founder, but I regularly go in with problems that I'm experiencing. I certainly don't place myself as this point of authority, which is without, you know, I, I regularly get, if I'm feeling re- like men helping men is part of my support network. When I'm feeling depressed, I say, Hey guys, feeling really shit. There's nothing you can do, but I just needed to let you know. And it is, it has saved me. And um, you know, it has saved lives as well. And it's just there as a resource and a community for you. Beautiful.
0: Um, I'll ask you one more thing. Sure Give thing. You may you have a chance to kind of uh put something uh final thought together, but okay. it, it, is is there is there one thing that you
1: wish more men knew? No one has the power to tell you who you are. Or who you are destined to be. No one. Only you have that responsibility and power. Awesome, awesome. Ooh, this has been good, man. I feel buzzed. Yeah, cool, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. thanks again, Henry.
0: Thanks no for worries. listening. Um, wherever you are finding Real Men Feel, please subscribe, give a like, give a share, give a comment, give us some feedback. Uh, let more men in your life know about this show, that there are, there are men pounding steel in the UK. There are men feeling oh, yeah. all around the world. Right? You don't have to be uh, you don't have to deny your feelings, you don't have to wonder if you're freaking not a man for whatever's going on in your life, your in your inner life, your external life, whatever it is. Um, yeah, guess what? You call yourself a man, you're manly. That that's Absolutely. that's how it goes. Cool. So thanks again, and until next time, everybody, be good to yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Man Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at TheAndyGrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfield.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel.